The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As children, we are forever asking the question, why? Yet, at some point, as we move into adulthood, the question gets easily answered with something similar to, just because. Why did we stop asking why? Welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show, a program where we not only strive to answer those why questions, but we'll find out how to ask more and not settle for just because. Now, here's Mickey Ellison. All righty, and good morning. Welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show. Uh, Today, youth sports. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. If you've listened to the show for any period of time or you've visited the Mickey Ellison website, you will notice that there's a sports theme to it and primarily a baseball sports theme to it. Um, Youth sports, I don't know what your experiences were, but my experience has been one of the greatest things that I can remember from my childhood. Anywhere from playing baseball to playing organized basketball, organized football, to wiffle ball games in the backyard, to, to, to pickle, and to all of those things. And as an adult, uh, I was fortunate enough to play college, college baseball, played at Vanderbilt University, and, and really grew to love the game. But um, as I started having kids of my own and getting involved with, with sports, I noticed there's a lot about the game that has changed, and it's not the game itself. It's the way that it's been promoted to, to folks, and a couple weeks ago, my brother sent me a link on Facebook to a, an article. It was called The Race to Nowhere, and as I read that article, it really started to uh, hit home that a lot of what I was thinking was wrong with youth sports today was, was uh, other people were having those thoughts, and I just I felt the need to, to try to get in touch with the author of that uh, that that article and I found something called Changing the Game Project and and John O'Sullivan is with us today. John is the founder of Changing the Game Project and if you have kids in youth sports and and you want to want them to be able to excel and, and, and enjoy the game, which is most important for them, but to take some of those lessons on, if you have never visited Changing the Game Project's website, do so. If you if you go to my website, MickeyEllison.com, you can actually uh, – there's a link over on the right side. But John O'Sullivan is with us today. He is the founder of Changing the Game Project, played soccer, professional soccer, has coached in many areas, and um, is also the author of a, of a best-selling book called Changing the Game. Hey, John. Thank hey, you so hi, much for having me on. All right. Well, tell us how you how you came about um, uh, where changing the game came from, and, and what caused you to uh, to want to create not just the website but the program that you guys are doing. Sure. Well, you, you know, I I had been after I got done playing, I was a full time coach for many many years, and and running. I coached college soccer, and then I ran some youth sports organizations in the East Coast, in the Midwest, and then now in Oregon where I live. And I just kept seeing this pattern developing of sports becoming more and more and more about the, fulfill, the fulfillment of adult needs and adult values and not what the kids needed. And then you come across statistics that tell you that three out of four kids quit sports by middle school. And very much like yourself, 
sports has had such a positive impact in my life, this was very hard to understand. So I went into this period of research and writing and that, you know, came out with a book and, and realized that I wanted to start an organization that provided education to schools and to youth sports organizations so that parents and coaches could could help their athletes perform their best. And what I realized along the way was that it's it's really the things that make sports most enjoyable and most fun and give kids ownership is actually what makes our best athletes play at the top top level. And what are what are some of those things? <clears throat> well, number one, they have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. This has really totally gotten lost. I sometimes say that in youth sports these days, the idea of fun is a four letter word. But kids have to enjoy the experience. They have to own the experience. So it has to be their goals and their dreams and their ambitions. And they need to be internally motivated. And without those things, it doesn't really matter how much talent or God-given athletic ability they have. They're probably not going to make it. And that's gotten trampled down in this, again, what I called in that article, the race to nowhere, to do more, more, more at younger and younger ages where it's no longer about what the kids want to do in sports. It's about what their parents want for their kids in sports. Yeah, and, and it, I've seen so much of this, and I, I've coached my oldest boys team for the last eight years, and, and I even caught myself getting into some of the uh, the hoopla and, and, and whatnot that was going on in sports, and, and it, some of it came from, I want my kid to have the opportunity to be the best baseball player or basketball player, whatever it is he wants to be, I want him to have that opportunity. And it seemed to me that uh, what is really being promoted, uh, I, you know, I did, I, I did a quick Google search the other day. I live here in Wichita, Kansas, and Wichita is not a really large uh, city. But just from, from a baseball standpoint, and you got to forgive me, you know, I don't have a lot of soccer statistics, but uh, uh, maybe because most of us baseball players weren't athletic enough to play soccer, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to run as much to be a catcher, but uh, – um, when I Google searched, I just Google searched uh, baseball academies, mm-hmm. and I found on the first couple of pages, there's five different academies here in Wichita, and you could probably dig down and find even more. I did find the same thing with soccer. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't list all of those. Um, basketball, I didn't get to that. And as, as a parent today, I I go back to my youth, and maybe yours was the same way. When we played baseball for, for our local um, – I, I grew up in a small, really small town in South Carolina. John, do you know what it costs for us to play baseball? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I imagined it's into the thousands of dollars a year just like any other sport once you add in all I, the travel and everything. Yeah, but but just uh, you know, thirty some odd short years ago for my parents to have me play play baseball, it cost – Thirteen dollars, and that's what it cost to have the insurance. And you know, it was the days when we shared two or three bats, we shared four helmets. It was so funny. You had those situations where the the kid, there's two of us with big heads, mm-hmm. and one of those we only have one big helmet, and that kid winds up on second base, and it's my turn to to come to bat. Or the kid has to put his hat inside of his helmet. But you know what? We had a blast doing that stuff. But when I look back to those times, you know what I really remember? What's that? I remember the wiffle ball games in, in, in the backyard. Yeah. I remember playing the the games of pickle. And if you're unaware of what pickle is, pickle is is just having two bases. You only got three guys. 
three gals, whatever you've got, and, and you've got to find a way to have some have some fun. And John, this isn't coming from from someone who didn't have success at, at, even on a team level and in youth sports and in high school, because I was on two state championship teams and very fortunate. Those were great experiences, but believe it or not, I do not remember the actual game in which we won both state championships. And I was the three hole hitter in both games. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a very typical um, thing. One of the things I did when I was researching my book was Besides looking at all the sports science and talking to the psychologists and talking to the top coaches and long-term athletic development people, I talked to parents. And the, the constant refrain from parents was, number one, boy, this goes by quick, so enjoy it. And number two, if I knew 10 years ago what I know now about what would have been important to my son or my daughter, I would have done a lot of things differently. And, and you're exactly right. The things that the kids remember about sports are the things such as, staying in the hotel room or the funny van trip or that pickup game after practice. And they remember the, the lessons that a, a, a positive but demanding coach taught, taught them. Those are the things that stick with them for their life, not winning some 11-year-old baseball game. Exactly right, and you know, I was, I went through this with my my eight year old kid. Actually, both of my boys, and I'm I am a proud parent, but they're both pretty good baseball players. And um, my my eight-year-old is, is a little more advanced at this age than, than my 13-year-old is was at that age, but it's because he's gone to all the practices and things. And and one day, um, my 13-year-old, we're going over to the cages to hit, and I invited Jackson, my, my youngest, and, and he didn't want to go. You know what it finally dawned on me, John? Mm-hmm. How many times as an eight-year-old did I want to go hit baseball in a cage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that not sound like the most boring thing you can do as an eight-year-old they want to go out in the backyard and put the wolf ball up put the bases out there and just play the game and thankfully you know you have actually i started making some having some evolution in what i'm doing with some with our older team but because of your articles and because of what i've been reading and things that were going on in my mind to begin with i'm even starting to change the direction that i'm going with our 13 our 14 year old team and how we're going to start to structure the practices, and mm-hmm. we're going to bring fun back into this. And, and you know what? I have had the privilege of coaching a team that, and that you've seen it in one in the article that you have out there, the race to nowhere, where the coach that tries to do it right mm-hmm. by letting his kids go play other sports winds up in the next year not having a team because all of his kids have gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't really gone through that, but when we started the team, um, I did. I'm not from Wichita. Where I grew up, the way you signed up for baseball was you went about February or March and you signed up for your league. In Wichita, I learned quickly you've got to do that in December. I don't know why. It's warmer <laughs> in South Carolina than it is in, in, in Wichita, uh-huh. but that's how, how it's done. So my oldest boy wound up on a team that we didn't actually pick to be on. It was, oh, crap, we've got to find a place for him to play, and he wants to play. And it's been the greatest blessing that I've had. Mm-hmm. But over the over the eight years that we've been doing this, one thing that I is you know this as well as I do coaching youth sports. There's that temptation to cut a few kids and go get another kid and and try to put together this great team. And we've resisted that for the entire time. And two years ago was the biggest challenge that I had because we finally had an opportunity to take these kids to a to a ne- the next level if we added one or two players. And and in the end, we decided you know 
These kids do everything that we ask them to do. They show up to practice. They have fun. They may not be always be the most talented team that, that we could put on the field, but they're learning the game and they're learning to play it right. And you know what's actually happened is this year we're stepping out on the field and I'm going, holy crap, this doesn't look like the team, the team that we started with seven, eight years ago. So these guys can actually play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that you're, you're touching on there, which is incredibly important, is, because we're so focused at making cuts and making all-star teams at younger and younger ages, what happens is we're usually selecting the kids who are a little bit older, a little bit bigger and faster and stronger. But that doesn't mean they're going to be bigger, older, that they're going to be faster and stronger when they're in high school. And, right. and we're, we're calling so many kids out because of this race to do it sooner and sooner and sooner. And, and what happens is, those kids who hang on, like, like your team there, they, they might not have been the best players, but what they do is they learn to work hard because mm-hmm. it doesn't come easy to them. Now when they grow and they physically mature, now you're combining a work ethic with athletic ability, and those players are usually the ones who blossom mm-hmm. because nothing well, ever came easy from Whereas the kid who was the star early on, who never had to practice hard, who could coast at 80% and still be the best player in practice, he or she never learns to work hard, and all of a sudden, now when everyone's caught up physically, they get lost in the shuffle. They do get lost in the shuffle, and they start to get to, you know, when they get to the age of playing at a college level or, uh, or another level where it does require work, and at times it does feel like a job. Although it's fun, it does feel like a job. And I can almost tell you to a T, I had a, and we're coming close to a break. But I'm going to finish this story real quick. I had a 14-year-old team that, or no, a, a high school team that I coached before moving out to Wichita in uh, in a fall league. And I can remember coming back from uh, from one of those practices, and I looked at my wife, and we had probably seven or eight kids that were being recruited by smaller co- uh, colleges in South Carolina. And I looked at my wife, and I said, you know what? I don't think any one of them will actually make it through college athletics. I think they'll all quit before it's over with. And she says, why? I said, because they don't love the game enough. Mm-hmm. They have coasted by on their talent. But when you get to the to the college level, you know, I was the three-hole hitter in, in, in high school and little league and all that. Guess what? Everybody I'm playing with at Vanderbilt was the three-hole hitter in their mm-hmm. high school team. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> folks, we have John O'Sullivan with us today. We're going to get to a couple of the articles that I, I do want to touch on those um, when we get back from this break. But uh, if you want to visit my site, MickeyEllison.com, click on the, uh, the website, Changing the Game Project. And you will be amazed and probably relieved that there are other people that that want to put the fun back into youth sports. Folks, we'll be back in a minute. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned to the mickey ellison show to connect with the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or you can drop mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com now back to the show welcome back to the mickey ellison show Today we're talking youth sports with John O'Sullivan and, and trying to put the fun back into it. John has uh, created a project called the Changing the Game Project. And if you are a parent that has kids or you're a grandparent with kids that, that play um, youth sports, and uh, I, I really urge you to go visit the website. If you can't remember it, just go to MickeyEllison.com, and on the right side of the page is a link to uh, Changing the Game Project. John, I want to. John O'Sullivan is with me today, and I want to go to a couple of the articles that I read, and, and specifically in in this segment, the first one that that my brother sent to me. It was the race to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And when I started when I started reading this, I immediately posted it to my Facebook page um, when he sent it to me into the show page, and I. I'm reading the, the first line from the article. It says, my fourth grader tried to play basketball and soccer last year. A mom recently told me as we sat around the dinner table after one of my speaking engagements, it was, it was a nightmare. That was you, wasn't it? One of your speaking engagements? It was a nightmare. <laughs> my son getting yelled at by both coaches as we left one game early to race to a game in the other sport, and, and her son hated it. And we see we see this this so often, and and um, and, and as a coach, I, I tell the boys um, in our in our first meeting this year as, as a coach with our older team, we were working indoors, and you know my mo- my goal is to help them learn to love the game. I cannot make them love the game as a parent. You can't make your kid love the game, and my parents didn't make me love the game. If at 12 years old you'd have told me I'm going to have to go hit in a batting cage for for two hours and and, and catch 500 ground balls by 14 or 15, I probably wouldn't have been interested. But the funny thing happened, John, was by the time I was a senior in high school, I would hit balls in the cage and, and literally until my hands bled, and nobody made me do it. Mm-hmm. You had ownership of it. I love, love, love the game, but I also love the game of basketball, and you know, I played in high school, and you talk in a couple of these articles uh, about specialization. I will vouch to this day, one of the best things I did for my baseball career was to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's and, totally true. I mean, you, you know, you have you have um, athletes now who are. I mean, we're not even talking about kids specializing in high school, 
in the grand scheme of things, that's not always an awful thing. But we're talking about kids who are being asked to specialize when they're eight or nine years old. I mean, they haven't even tried. I mean, how, how could you, you know, basketball, you can barely throw a shot up there at eight years old, and yet you're being asked, well, choose this or soccer or baseball. I think it's just crazy. Do you wind up seeing kids wind up choosing nothing? Yeah, they, they, uh. they end up choosing nothing because, or, or they choose one, which is really usually because of pressure from coaches and parents. And then by the time they're 12 or 13, they've given up so much because they've chosen that one thing that they just quit. I mean, I, you know, one of the things by, by doing so much speaking and traveling, I just get to meet parents with these stories that are just it's so sad because I sort of catch parents after the fact. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, my 11-year-old tore her ACL. I'm like, how can an 11-year-old tell, tear her ACL? All she did was play soccer seven days a week from the time she was seven years old. And then she got hurt, and now she doesn't play anymore, and all her friends were soccer, and now all her friends are gone. I mean, that's just awful. Yeah, that, that is a really sad story. I, I have a, 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 story, a couple stories of my own, and, and unfortunately, it, it is learning some of, this thing, some of these things through experience. There, there's a kid that he did play with us last year, but when we were, uh, our older boys were 9 or 10, John, this, this kid was a phenom. And, and I mean, you could see it. You could see that he had um, unbelievable talent. Now, as you said, you know, at 9 or 10 years old, you don't know whether that kid is going to be still the phenom when he's 16 or 17. But, but he had whatever that little it was that some of the other kids didn't have at that point in time. And um, he, he started with a group of kids that's from his local town. And over the course of four years, he has played on four different teams. And we actually, I got the opportunity to coach him last year. And partially because my older boy was playing, uh, he filled in in the fall for for a friend of mine's team. And they were playing against um, this kid's team. And I'm not saying his name because I don't want to embarrass him if his dad listens to the show. But we were sitting in the stands and he he comes up to the plate and he, he was, I guess he was 13 at the time. And or 12, 12 or 13. Anyway, he takes a strike. Now, have you ever seen Albert Pujols take a strike right down the middle that he probably should have swung at? <laughs> I have. I have. I, I've, I've seen plenty of that. And But what amazed me was the coach, and I wasn't coaching the team that my son was playing for this time. I got to actually watch. And this coach just gets in his face and just reams him. Now, this wasn't even strike three, John. Right, this one. was like strike one or strike two. And I thought, well, man, that's that's not right. And I'm sitting with this kid's dad. And it continued. Even after the at-bat, he's trying to play third base, and the coach is still on. I finally looked at his dad. I said, do you put up with this crap? Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, I ought to make him tougher. He's got to learn how to build, to fight through those. I said, no, dude, what's going to happen is he's going to hate baseball and, mm-hmm. at, at the age of 14. Yeah, and we just played. He he left our team and went to another team um, this year. And I watched him play. Dude, uh, John, the love is gone, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully he finds a way to to get it back. But unfortunately, a lot of times at fourteen or fifteen, if you've had those types of, of experiences, it doesn't come back. Unless well, it well, might he, come back when you're thirty. Yeah, and here's the thing, Mickey. For some reason, we accept behavior and we accept this environment as normal in youth sports which we would never accept in any other aspect of our life. I mean, that dad 
Does he go to work and does his boss scream at him and do his coworkers scream at him when he makes a mistake? And does he think that that's making him tougher or is it just making him go, you know what, I don't want to work here anymore? Mm-hmm. And, exactly and right. you know, it's the same thing. We don't do it with, 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 in schools. And I, I always tell people, you know, imagine if the roles were reversed, right? If we went to play golf or we're playing in our softball league and our kids came and, and screamed at us every time we took a pitch or made a mistake, w- would that make it fun? Would we want our kids to actually come to our games anymore? No, we'd say, you know what, don't come because that's not helping. But somehow then we, we turn it around and say, oh, I'm making my kids tougher. No, we're, we're making them scared and we're making them hate sports. Yeah, and, and the one thing that is beautiful and I think it's instinctive to, to kids, if we don't squash it, is they are risk takers. They will try to make great plays, but um, if, if we make them scared to do it, and when we come back from, from the next break, I'm going to tell you an, another story. And I do want to let you talk some more because there's two articles outside of just the race to nowhere. Um, it, it's about the single sport athlete that I, I do want us to uh, – to get a little deeper into because I think that that is what that is the pressure that's being um, put on put on parents these days mm-hmm. and and it, it's it's so much it's so much so John that we were my eight year old okay this is my eight year old actually just turned eight last week so we was seven at the time we we're having our preseason uh, tournament we he and again he can he can flat out play for an eight year old I don't know if he's going to be able to play when he's fourteen but he loves the game he that's all he wants to do but he doesn't want to go hit in a cage for two hours um, we're playing this team and he's we're we've got a, a group of kids that we started with three years ago and, and you've seen this in sports the fact that we have the same twelve kids we started with three years ago is amazing in and of itself mm-hmm. and it they're not the greatest team but they're not bad either. And we have three coaches on the team. All three of the coaches play college baseball at some point in time with, with the right idea as far as how we want to run this program. And um, I'm coaching first. And, and Jackson, my, my youngest, is pitching. And the, uh, uh, the, the coach of one of the other teams, a good friend of mine, really good guy, knows the game of baseball. He says, uh, um, you can't leave Jackson on that team. He says, that's just going to hold him back. And it just took me back because I'm going my, – my first response was, first of all, John, we beat them the last three out of four times we played them, so I don't mm-hmm. know what he's talking about. The second part is Jackson loves those 11 kids that he's playing with. He mm-hmm. loves the – every part about it he loves. And until Jackson comes to me and says, Dad, I want to make a change, we are not changing that team. Right, and you know, there's guys in baseball. I mean, Cal Ripken, of of all people, has written a ton about this, about his experience growing up, obviously in a baseball family, and the importance of, you know, really that it's the best athletes that are going to make it. And, and you know, in, in a sport like baseball, I mean, your son's still getting to hit. He's still getting to throw. He's still getting to catch. He's still getting to pitch. He's still doing all these things that are going to make him a, a better baseball player. So how that, you know, what, what people seem to think is that, oh, well, you're not playing enough games right now, so that's holding you back. And it's like, no, that's preventing him from blowing out his elbow when he's 16 years old. Just, just exactly right. relax. And so if he is talented enough and works hard enough and, and loves enough to maybe play in college or beyond, he's got to still want to play. And, and so, for so many kids, sports is no longer play, it's work. And when yep. it's work, it's not fun, and then you eventually, you don't play well, and you drop out. 
Yeah, and that reminds me of the, the speech I gave to our kids in the first practice this year. And I started the speech, and we have a Christian-based baseball team. It's called the Kings, and it stands for Kids in God's Service. And we're teaching them to, to serve out each other but outside of the, the baseball team. And we, when we went in there, I was all fired up. And in, in my speech, I said, we're going to work hard. We're going to do this. And I stopped in mid-sentence, John. And I said, look, I was, all right, guys, I got 11 of you in here right now. How many of you guys think work is fun and not one of them raised their hand? So I said, you know what? We ain't working no more. We're having fun. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is, is we're going we're gonna to learn to have fun and we're going to learn how, how to, uh, you know, the free play that you talk about in, in your uh, um, website. And I still think that's got to be good for the kids that are uh, 13 or 14 years old. Because, again, if we're going to work on rundowns, What's the greatest thing you can do for rundowns? And that's where a kid gets caught up between first and second or mm-hmm. second and third pickle yeah. in the backyard. Yeah. And, and sooner or later, you learn how to play, do it right in a rundown because you get tired of the kid being safe. Right. And, I mean, Mickey, I watch, I drive around my town, and I played baseball. You know, I played baseball all, all the way up until eighth grade. And then I went to a, a very, very big high school with very competitive teams. And that's when I really said, you know, soccer's the path I'm going to follow. But I loved baseball growing up. And, and I drive around these days and I see, you know, I have young kids. And I look at most of the baseball practices or t-ball practices. And there's nine kids standing in the field and one <laughs> kid hitting and they're freezing. And I'm thinking really you don't have three dads or four dads in groups of three playing pickle or, or, you know, here's one group working on hitting and one group working on grounders and one group working on throwing. And now every kid is touching a ball the whole entire practice versus standing there. And I asked some of these coaches, I'm like, why do you do it this way? Oh, well, you know, they got to get ready for the games. No, they don't. (laughs) They're six. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, John, we're at the end of this segment. Visit MickeyEllison.com. Um, go to uh, on the right hand side of that. You can you can uh, click on a link to Changing the Game Project to to see what uh, John O'Sullivan is doing with it, and, and you'll be amazed. Follow what these guys are doing and, and and get behind it if you want to take baseball back for our kids and not for us, folks. We'll be back from this break in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. Are tuned to the Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to Mickey at money planning.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. John O'Sullivan from Changing the Game Project is with me today. We're talking youth sports and how. We can start taking the youth sports back for our kids versus for us. And 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 we've talked about a few articles. Go visit the website. It, it's You can click a link on my website. It's uh, changingthegameproject.com. Or you can just type in changingthegameproject.com, and you'll go there as well. But uh, John and I, uh, we got introduced because my brother had post, posted a an article written by John on, on, uh, on the website called The Race to Nowhere. There are – Four or five articles that I just marked down here that I we won't go into detail on on the show, John, because I think people should go visit and read read the articles for themselves. But uh, you know, what about the single sport athlete and, and specialization? And there's a lot of pressure on that these days. And we've talked a little bit about that. And you've got two stories regarding that. And you know, uh, another one that I liked was the incredible power of play. But as I was scrolling through earlier today, I clicked on a couple other articles and um, just to try to prepare myself. But I think I could talk a lot of this sport with a lot of this show without even looking at any of them. But there's one that you have the awesome power of sport that I suggest everyone go read because it goes way beyond <laughs> what we think about here in, in the United States. And man, how tough we have it um, mm-hmm. as, as far as our sports goes. But hey, during the break, you you had mentioned um, a, a little bit about you're going to say a little bit about the website and, and what people can what they need to do or how they can actually get involved. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, what I do just to kind of welcome people there when they, when they first come is if they want to join my email list, I do a blog post about every week or two, and if they want to grab those in their uh, inbox, they can. And for doing that, if they join my email list. I'll send them a chapter of my book, and it's the chapter on confidence. And this is the thing that all parents always ask me all the time: my kids struggling with confidence. Uh, how can I? How can I help? What can I do? Where does confidence come from? All that. So, if, if they are interested in learning about 
how to instill a little more confidence in their athletes, then, then join my email list at changethegameproject.com and they'll get that uh, for free. And I also send them a couple of videos of just other things about how to praise your kids in the right way so that it actually helps their performance rather than hurts it and how to instill this right mindset in your athletes. So just a couple of free gifts for, for joining the movement. And really what I ask people is, if you like what you read, share it. Email it on. Share it on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or any, any of those things because, because I believe that the, the majority of parents and the majority of coaches feel like we do, that this path we're on is not a good one, but we're sort of we're, we're the silent majority. And mm-hmm. I think the more people are talking about this kind of stuff and the more awareness there is, we'll realize that we're not alone feeling like, oh, my eight-year-old shouldn't have to pick one sport or I shouldn't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars a year um, for my child to you know, potentially play in college. And again, it's not about not being competitive. I am the last guy to advocate for things like participation awards and handing everyone a trophy who signs on the dotted line. That is not me at all. I mean, I've coached uh, you know, for the last 20 years some of the top high, uh, youth soccer players in the United States. I coached Division One soccer for four years. Uh, so I'm all about being competitive. But the way that we're doing it now, it, it's not making kids more competitive. It's not making them better. It's making them, it's making them bitter and it's making them scared and, and they're walking away from the game. And I really think that a lot of parents feel that same way and they want to know how to help. And so I just say, you know, go to the website, share some articles, share the ideas, tell people about this. And... And don't go to the, the crazy, angry dad on your team because he's probably not going to listen. But uh-huh. go to the parents who think like you and, and share an idea with them. And then they'll share an idea with two people. And pretty soon you get a critical mass of people on your team saying, you know what, we need to think about this a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and learn again, it's about learning to love the game. You, you know, you said you, you picked about the high, in, in high school as to what sport you were, you were sort of leaning to. I was fortunate enough to go to a smaller high school where I could actually make the basketball and the baseball team. And, you know, a lot of people will look at me and say, man, you really love baseball. You really love baseball. But, John, I loved basketball, too. Mm-hmm. I probably loved it as much, if not more. I just wasn't as good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and no one was going to pay my way to go to college to play <laughs> basketball. Mm-hmm. They didn't look for five eleven, six foot tall guys that were slow and couldn't jump, that could shoot a three pointer. But if you can't get open, you can't shoot a three pointer. <laughs> um, and but it was that love for basketball. And I still love the game of basketball. It's mm-hmm. still a lot of fun. And I I, I look back at, at my childhood and I wouldn't trade it for anything. We play, you know, we played football, we played basketball, played baseball. I even ventured a little, not in any organized, but I did have a little soccer set at the house because it got introduced to me at, uh, um, uh, in, in PE at, at my school. But Let's talk a little bit about that instilling confidence. And you tell me, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and you tell me if I was actually on the right track with this. <laughs> three weeks ago, three weeks ago, my, my older team was playing in the, the same weekend that my younger boy was playing. And the first day, it, it, the kids, it, it, we played two games on Saturday. And good heavens, John, they just played terrible. It, it was painful to watch. And in between the games, I kind of let them have it. 
And I, I mean, I don't cuss out of my yelling compared to what I've seen is not really yelling, but it was it was really in their face and and challenging them to come back in the next game. And to my surprise, in the second game, we played worse than we did in the first one. Mm-hmm. And that night, I began to reflect on it. And when we got there Sunday morning, I pulled our, our coaches aside and I said, you know what, guys? I think we got to change the approach on these kids. I said, it's not that they're not trying. I said, when I look at our shortstop and he makes an error and he his head goes down and he's really starting to pout about it, I said, I said where do you think he's getting that from? And the guy said, I don't know. I said, us. Mm-hmm. He's a reflection of us because our head goes down. Mm-hmm. I said, as adults, what we've got to do is it's not that we don't teach them in that moment because when they make mistakes, that's the greatest opportunity to teach them something. But we have to be unemotional in that situation so that the kid starts to, to – uh, um, he's not scared. I think you used earlier fear. A kid that is afraid to catch a ground ball or is afraid to have a ball hit at him is going to make a mistake when it gets hit to him if he's afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and, exactly, that's exactly right. And I think one of the best quotes for, for coaches and for parents to remember is kids hear what we say, but they remember what we do. So we can say whatever we want, but if a kid makes an error we put our head down, what we've just told that kid is that that was a terrible mistake and you've disappointed me. You could, you could be saying, great job, Billy, but it's what we do that they remember. And so it's so important to just be unemotional and that they understand that, hey, making that mistake is, is equally as part of a game as, as making a play. And, and I'm going to react the same way to both. Or, you know, there's nothing wrong with catching them being right and saying, hey, right. that was a great play right there, and, and drawing attention to that. But when you draw attention to mistakes, you, you just make athletes focus on their mistakes. I, I saw in, the, in, in one of the – actually the first game on that Sunday, it was – you know yourself. It's hard to, to not show that emotion because you do want to because I'm emotional. If, we're, if you're competitive, you're emotional. Mm-hmm. And – I had a kid uh, hit hit a ground ball to shortstop, and it was an overthrow. And if you if you're familiar with baseball, when mm-hmm. you when you cross first base and you're running straight through, you're supposed to break down and look to your right mm-hmm. to find the ball, right? Well, of course he doesn't do that. Ball's overthrown. He just immediately takes off to to second base, and good heavens, he got threw out by a, a good I don't know five, six, eight, ten steps. Mm-hmm. And when he was coming off the field, he had his head down. And was really coming over, and maybe from the speech that he had gotten from me the day before, I might have him schizophrenic right now. Mm-hmm. But from from coming off the field, I just went over, put my arm around his neck, and I said, uh, um, "Dude, is it the end of the world? Is, mm-hmm. is it is it really matter? Here's the thing that just happened. I said, "What are you supposed to do when you cross first base?" He says, mm-hmm. "I'm supposed to break down and look to my right." Mm-hmm. I said, "Now you know why." Mm-hmm. And he probably will never make that mistake again, but he's not going to do it in fear. And, and, and I, know, I know for a fact as a player, and you probably know this as a player, there were times when we, run into, we would run into teams, and I went in a little bit scared, and bad things usually happened. And mm-hmm. so many times what's happening with kids is they're trying so hard not to – and it's most of the time it's dad. It's not always dad, but most of the time it's dad. They're trying so hard to please their dad that um, they can't enjoy the game or they make a mistake. Their dad's going to chew them out on the, way from, on the way home from the ball game. 
and uh, it, it's really a sad state of affairs that we we have gotten to. That you know we can't just get in the car and talk about going and get the ice cream after the game. We've got to focus for the next two days on that game. John, I've taken up all the time in this segment talking myself. When we get back from this break, John O'Sullivan is going to tell us a little bit more about changing the game project. If you care about youth sports, you need to know about this project and what they're doing. Get involved because you are not alone in how you're thinking uh, and you're thinking of youth sports today. It's just we're the silent majority, as John said a minute ago. We'll be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com. Now back to the show. Good morning and welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. Hey, for those that were listening to that promo right there, we haven't got it changed yet. If you can't remember Mickey at money-planning.com, I think you might be able to remember Mickey at mickeyellison.com. That's much easier to remember. That That's the uh, email that uh, that I'd like for you to use. If you can remember the other one, that's fine. Um, we have with us today John O'Sullivan from Changing the Game Project, and we're talking youth sports, and, and it's a it's a something that's near and dear to both of our hearts um, because we love sports, we love our kids, and If nothing else, John, I I want my kids to look back on their youth sports as the way, the way that I do, 
and, and the the positiveness of it. And, and you know, I enjoyed the college experience. I didn't get to to play at the professional level like you did, but I remember more fun from from being a kid from the wiffle ball games in the swimming pool to the wiffle ball games in the backyard we have marathon wiffle ball games i don't know how many floodlights that we we burn out in the backyard of, of my mom and dad's house and you know and today it's gotten to the point where um you know i do want to hit on this subject real quick because there's so many academies and so many things that people can be a part of. I'm not knocking academies all all in all. Um, I, I think there's there's a, a place for some for the academies and teaching the the game correctly. But we have here here in Wichita a, a league that's called League 42, and they started this league this year because the game of baseball and I don't know if soccer's gotten the same way, but it has gotten so expensive. That there's we're losing kids that never get a chance to play because they can't afford a three hundred dollar bat, a hundred dollar helmet, a two hundred fifty dollar glove, plus two thousand dollars to play for the academy team, and so they just step away. I do think that's where you see some of the kids falling toward towards basketball at times because basketball, if you got if you live in a, any town, you can find a basketball goal and a couple buddies to play with it, and and, and the ball, and that's all you need. Yeah, exactly, and I, I mean, uh, you know, youth sports, the more we go down this path of, uh, you know, doing more and more and more at younger and younger ages, tryouts younger, all-star teams younger, we we, we make it so expensive and, and such a huge commitment that, that people, we're just churning through players, and, we're, and we have some of our best potential athletes are forced to drop out. And it, it, it's it's really sad. And again, I'm like you. I think some of these academies, some of the coaches are, are phenomenal. It's a great product. It's not that it's not that it's a bad thing. But I think we can all, as people who love our games, be a little more holistic in our approach and say, you know what, I want as many players as possible playing. So can we delay the travel stuff a little bit and say, you know, my number one job as a coach is to make sure that these 12 kids or whatever it is, they're the next generation of fans. Then if some of those kids um, love the sport, maybe they'll be high school players. But my job as a coach is to instill life lessons and teach kids how to overcome challenges and to instill confidence and all these things that will make them great people and last them a lifetime. And then if they happen to have the, the drive and the grit and the genetics to play at the next level, then, then that's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Instead, what we seem to do is we throw all the kids into the one funnel to try to churn out the one kid who maybe is good enough to go on, and we make a whole bunch of other kids hate the game that we love so much. And I just think that, that is, is, it's not the approach that will give us the most top-level players, nor is it the approach that serves our game very well. Well, and you talk about the professional level, especially when you get to the major league level. I don't know about soccer. You could probably give me the number. But in in major league baseball, there's about 600 of them. So that means most of us are not going to make it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't try, you know, work to to do it. Because I I, I think some of the greatest lessons in life are taught in sports. If you play baseball, you learn to deal with failure. If you play soccer, you have to – I'm sure you have the same thing. You learn to deal with failure. But I think also importantly is you learn how to deal with success too because there's a right way to do both. Mm -hmm. There there is. And, and, I mean, especially if you look at a sport like baseball, David Epstein just wrote a great book called The Sports Gene. And – he talked about in the general population, 
there are about one in 100,000 people that have eyesight of 2015. In 2010 or 2011, on the Los Angeles Dodgers Major League roster, 13 out of the 25 players were 2012 or better. Wow. You take a kid who's 10 years old and give him all the baseball practice you want, and I'll find a kid who's never played and who's got 2010 vision, and I'm going to pick that kid because he's got a better chance of making it than the kid who's played all the baseball at that point. Yeah, the most important thing to hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball is being able to see it. You can't hit it if you can't see it. And recognize it and, and, and know what's coming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, not only do you have to adjust to that 90 mile an hour fastball when you get to these upper levels, and heck, anymore, I think 95 is the new 90. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be able to recognize when that thing starts coming in with a spin and it's 82. Mm-hmm. after throwing you the 95 monarch fastball but you know we've got a couple minutes left john what what are some of the things that you want people to walk away from this show knowing and and i do invite you back um you can be on the show as many times as you want to be um you want to co-host it we can just do this as a co-host i'm just <laughs> but uh, seriously what what are th- some things that you want people to know before we get to the end of the show well you know i just hope that they'll come to changing the game project.com and and visit our website and, and check out some of the writing we do. If they're interested in my book, they can grab it at Barnes & Noble. They can grab it on Amazon. It's called Changing the Game, The Parent's Guide to Raising Happy, High-Performing Athletes and Giving Youth Sports Back to Our Kids. It just hit bookstores in December, and, and it's really, it's really kind of taken off. And, it, you know, I, I have a contact form there. They can reach out to me. And, and a lot of people who listen to your show, I'm sure they work at schools. I'm sure they work with sports organizations. I mean, I travel all around the, all around the world now, and, and I speak about this issue. So if your school is interested in bringing me in or one of my people in to talk, I'm, I think that's great. And I'd love to come I, out and talk about this. We would love to have you do that. And I actually think I will uh, – uh, I don't know the guys at League 42 as well, but I think that's a great organization to, to come hear you talk because we talk about the financial burdens of the kids playing. But I think a lot of families actually put themselves in some dire financial situations trying to get their kids to play. And, do, and, and it's out of love. When, when you see that dad that's up in the stands that's yelling and screaming at his kid, it really is typically because he loves his kid. He just doesn't have figured out how to, to show it because yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. It's uh, you know I will say I've never I've never met parents who don't love their kids. Sometimes we just don't love them in the right way. And and what we do with the Change in the Game project is really we we try to teach people that the single greatest factor that affects how your child will perform is their state of mind. And if you can instill this positive, high-performing mindset, as we call it, that is what will make the biggest difference. And so what we teach that dad in the stands yelling who thinks he's helping is, hey, maybe the, you know, if you realize that this, would, this way would be more helpful, then, then they'll, they'll behave a little bit differently, not because they have to, but because they want to. Right, and and I, I tell um, all of our parents in our first meeting is that you know let us coach when you when you put your kids inside that fence let us be the coaches you be their fans and I remember in, in, in playing in, in all the days that I played I don't remember ever hearing my dad yell once and he was at every single game um, and in fact sometimes he was even the coach of those games a lot of times he was the coach of those games. But what they did was they, they taught us to have, have fun. We went out and played the game, and they just let us play. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was amazing, the little program that came through with my dad's, our generation, and we're, we've got a minute left. We actually had a high school team. It was a 2 way high school in South Carolina where like 14 or 15 guys played in college. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, that's a school 
of, I think we had eight or 900 students. So that's remarkable. Folks, we're at the end of the show. If you want to find out more about Changing the Game Project, go to MickeyEllisonWebsite.com and uh, go to my website. Click on the link to Changing the Game, or you can just actually go to ChangingTheGameProject.com. John O'Sullivan, thank you so much for being on the show with me this week. And I, like I said, you're welcome back anytime. And, and I think this is a, a subject that really, really needs to get a lot more attention. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Mickey. I appreciate it. All righty. Folks, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.